What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. And what a weekend it was in sports. Major League Baseball came down to the last day. Another great week in week four in the NFL. That was, okay, there's a Monday night game tonight, which we'll get to later, but it really was the Buccaneers going up to the Patriots to play on Sunday night was the big game of the weekend. I had fun with Dexter calling the Steelers-Packers game on the ColorCast app. We'll be doing it uh, through week eight, and we'll see what happens after that. I lost a lot of bets, didn't win my parlay. I took a long shot that the Mariners could win the World Series, not gonna happen. Same for the Phillies, not gonna happen. Same for the Athletics, not gonna happen. It's uh, uh, tough because I also thought the Toronto Blue Jays would be there. They're out of it too. And my parlay, I mean, man, I tried to use the money line this time. And uh, my 16-team parlay, I've lost nine already with one to go tonight. A lot of those games, I just, I, I don't know. I thought Denver would win at home. Thought the 49ers would win at home. Rams lost at home, Falcons lost at home, Vikings lost at home, didn't think the Jets would win at home, but they did, I certainly have no idea, that was a mistake, I did not pick the Texans to beat the Bills, and I thought the Panthers would beat the Cowboys, and the Saints would beat the Giants, I just can't believe it, so um, I will talk a little bit more about the National Football League, but I'm going to start with basketball. The NBA has a 95% vaccination rate, so they're almost there. And we've been talking a lot about Ben Simmons. He's been in the news. Where will he be traded to? We all expect him to be traded. The player that we have not been talking about is the Brooklyn Nets. If you're Brooklyn and you got Kyrie Irving who doesn't want to get vaccinated, the 76ers have Ben Simmons who doesn't want to play for the Sixers. But realistically, the talk of Ben Simmons not being a score per se but still at least in terms of popularity a superstar and an all-star what better place for him to go than Brooklyn he could become the second coming of Magic Johnson on the East Coast I mean he's already a great facilitator but the ability to facilitate to James Harden and facilitate to Kevin Durant alone. Not to take away from the rest of the team. 
I'm just strictly saying that just those two, but you got Blake Griffin. You got, well, as much as I really, really not hate to admit it, but because he's West Virginia, you know, going to University of Pittsburgh, you're not really supposed to be. It's hard to root for West Virginia, but I have to admit that Joe Harris has been pretty good as an NBA player. But if you've got a spot-up shooter like Joe Harris, James Harden, of course, you know what he can do. Kevin Durant. They saw, You got LaMarcus Aldridge back on the team. Bruce Brown, who showed some promise last season. They signed Patty Mills, who at his age would be a great change of pace point guard and in some ways a backup point guard to Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons, who... Not that you want him to only have three field goals in six games in the playoffs, three field goal attempts. But I also like the thought of if you're the Brooklyn Nets as a fan and front office, the players, you're like, okay, I know that the volume shooters can be KD and James Harden. That if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't care. I, I can facilitate, make some amazing, you know, passes behind the back. No look. And I'm going to get my assists, and I'm still going to get my 10 or 12 points. Who knows? He may be triple-double-esque if he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. And on the Brooklyn Nets side, you get rid of Kyrie Irving. Now, granted, in many ways, Philly, probably nobody wants Kyrie Irving on their team. But the majority, because not because he's unvaccinated, but because of the missing home games. But it doesn't hurt as much for Philly because they don't play in New York. So Kyrie can play all the home games. And all they have to worry about is games in California, which realistically will probably end up being four games in California and five games in New York. So he misses nine games and that's it. I don't necessarily think Kyrie and Joel Embiid will necessarily get together, but for two powerhouse teams that probably don't want to trade to each other, it might be the best trade for both parties. It really might be. Now, obviously, the salaries have to match and all of that stuff about the the team. So that's something there. And I think, uh, you know, that part can be worked out one way or another, I'm sure. Brooklyn has the second highest payroll in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is getting $35 million a season. Philadelphia's top 10 salary at nine. Ben Simmons is getting 33. So the salaries in that case evenly match. Do it. It's the best trade for both teams. Now, what wasn't a trade, but worked out best for both teams, I actually think, is the way that Tom Brady left the Patriots and went to the Buccaneers. I know, that may be crazy. I mean, if you're a New England fan, you're like, no way, we wanted him to stay. Of course you wanted him to stay. 
But I think what I witnessed as someone who's not really partial to either team outside of my affiliation really to Casey Phillips, so I root for the Buccaneers to do well, is that there was going to be a separation between the two at some point. Now, he could have just retired, but he wasn't ready to retire. And who knows what went on behind the scenes. But when I watched all of the tributes and the love affair between the fans and Tom Brady and, you know, the three-second hug, which was funny to see between, it wasn't even three seconds, probably one second between Bill Belichick, it wasn't one, and Tom Brady after the game as the Bucs win the game 19-17, to but the Patriots had a chance to win it in the last seconds. You know, yesterday on uh, ColorCast with Dexter, a couple people on the hot seat we had on it, and Dexter and I were thinking it was going to be a blowout, and it wasn't. It was a much tighter game, but I'm sure, you know, in many ways, the weather and rain played a role in that. But I thought it was a good game. I thought that everyone, you know, outside the fact if you're a Patriots fan and they lost, you know, they cheered Brady when he came on the field for warm-ups, and they booed him when the, when the game started. That's what you expect. And I thought that went well. I thought it went well on both sides. I really do. And, you know, now everyone can move forward. They can each have their own season. This game is behind them. And the Patriots at 1-3 and three don't look good, unfortunately. And the Buccaneers are rolling 3-1. and one. I actually think they would still be undefeated if Antonio Brown was able to play in the game in New England, uh, excuse me, against the Rams. It wasn't in New England. It was in L.A. I think they would still be undefeated. But I also think that maybe it worked to the Buccaneers' advantage. Okay, Rams, you get the regular season. But when we see you in the playoffs, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little different. But I enjoyed the another great NFL weekend. You just can't go wrong with the National Football League. I thought there were some really good games, close games, some that I didn't expect. I didn't expect Washington to beat the Falcons. All of my Washington football team, family, and friends up and down with Taylor, I want to call him Heineken, Heineke. Atlanta's just a bad team. And you got to beat who's on your schedule. I'll give you that. Heineke had three touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, who's one of the better wide receivers. He actually on my fantasy team. Six catches, 123 yards, and the two touchdowns. That was a surprise win in Atlanta. The Bills blanked the Texans. This is the second time in three weeks that the Bills have blanked a team. They crushed the Dolphins 35-0 to in Miami. I think the area code Miami is 305. So the Bills were like, yo, you can't, you can't dial a Miami area code without the numbers 3-5 and 0. That's a rough tweet. Bears beat the Lions. I expected that. Cowboys to beat the Panthers. Ezekiel Elliott coming to life. 20 carries, 143 yards. Sam Darnold uh, and the Panthers are no longer undefeated, which is a surprise. 
that they were even in the conversation for being one of the undefeated teams, especially after the way he left the Jets. But the Cowboys get a big win. They're 3-1 and atop the NFC East. Hate to say that, but it's true. Browns beat the Vikings. That surprised me. In Minnesota, I thought that, you know, all the talk of, oh, Kirk Cousins kept it close. His team, the Heat, they played well, just lost close games. They're one and three. Again, second second season in a row, they're one and three. Browns three and one for the second season. Or that was a defensive slugfest, if you will, 14 to seven. Giants beat the Saints 27-21. Never expected that. You know, the Giants came marching in to New Orleans, and I thought New Orleans would handle business. But in overtime, it was the Giants. The Jets beat the Titans in overtime. Something's not right with the Titans. You cannot figure out from one week to the next what kind of Tennessee Titans you're going to get. Derrick Henry... Had 157 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, Corey Davis, the talented wide receiver for the Jets, had 111 yards and a touchdown. It took overtime, but the Titans should have won that game. Instead, they lose it. The Chiefs crushed the Eagles. Andy Reid back in Philadelphia. He gets a record, 100-plus wins for two different teams. As the Chiefs crushed the Eagles 42 to 30. Jalen Hurts still had a good game, 32 of 48, 387 yards and two touchdowns. But Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 186 yards and three touchdown catches. As Patrick Mahomes, five touchdown passes. Count them. Count them. The Cardinals crushed the Rams. I did not expect that. I said at the beginning of the season, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. I have him pegged as the MVP of the league. He should have won that game, but yet it's the Cardinals. We talked about who's for real as an undefeated team last week. The Cardinals are for real at 4-0. Kyler Murray, two touchdown passes. I am, I am impressed and surprised. I really am, especially to go into L.A. and get that win. I think the Rams were a little too excited about how they beat the Bucs. Just a regular season. Just a game. But they felt like it was up. We're, we're going to be going to the Super Bowl. And they weren't paying attention to the tough game that was the uh, Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. Remember, they used to be the Phoenix Cardinals. Used to also be in Chicago. The Seahawks go into San Francisco and get a win. So when I said the NFC East was a tough division, or maybe the toughest. I still think it is, but the Cardinals have separated themselves. Just a game up on the Rams, but to be two games up on the Seahawks and 49ers, just keep taking care of business. Just keep taking care of business. The Ravens beat the Broncos, and there's some controversy with them going for the rushing record. Uh, 44 straight games with 100 yards rushing. I think that had a little bit more to do with the Steelers, who had 43 consecutive games, was a record going into that game. 
So in my mind, well, there is still talk of them disrespecting the Broncos when they were already up. They were already going to win that game. And there were only three seconds left and the Baltimore Ravens decide to run the ball so they can keep their streak alive. All right, that probably wasn't a good thing to do. But they did it anyway, and they come away with, they still came away with the win, and now they got their record intact. I'm all right with it. The Broncos didn't have seem to have an issue with it. And maybe I'm just being ridiculous with it, but I feel like that has more to do with the Steelers being able to best the Steelers than it does the Broncos, who, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater uh, suffered a concussion, so he may not be available for that Steelers game coming up next weekend. Speaking of the Steelers, they lost to the Packers 27-17. They are 1-3 on the season while the Packers are 3-1. and one. Deontay Johnson came back. Juju Smith-Schuster came back, but they looked frustrated the entire game. They didn't have much of a running game. No Chase Claypool. Devin Bush, TJ Watt made a couple plays. But, you know, the defense, I mean, 17 points in the first half, 10 in the sec in the third quarter. It's not bad. But the offense just couldn't do anything. The defense even gave them uh, a couple turnovers that they couldn't capitalize on enough. Steelers are not looking good. And the way I see it, unfortunately, I think they may have their first losing season under Mike Tomlin and the first losing season for Ben Roethlisberger as well. It may come this year. I think it just might. I think it just might. And that's unfortunate. Um, you never want to see it. But my hope is, my hope is Steelers fans will not be calling for Ben Roethlisberger to retire or Mike Tomlin to no longer be the head coach of the Steelers. Both of those would be a mistake. Not because Ben Roethlisberger is not He's not playing well. But you could attribute that to the offensive line and the Steelers by the 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 Steelers decision by the front office to, you know, change the offensive line. They're in growing pains. But I think what Ben Roethlisberger and what Mike Tomlin have done for this organization after, you know, Ben Roethlisberger obviously played part of his career uh with Bill Cower as the head coach. So that does, you know, play a role into it. But I think when Mike Tomlin was named the head coach, you were all worried about it. And I think it's worked out. I think it has worked out very well if you're a Steelers fan. So remember the good times. And no matter what, I think it is only fair. I think it is only fair to let Mike Tomlin, but more so Ben Roethlisberger, call the shots when he's like, okay, I'm done. 
he may be already done in his mind. He definitely doesn't look good on the field. Tonight, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are 3-0. Are they for real as an undefeated team? Is Derek Carr back? That is a possibility, most definitely. Now, when I look at the spread for this game that happens to be in Los Angeles, well, Chargers are favored at minus three. I think I'm going to stick with the Chargers here. I think the Chargers get the win. Justin Herbert's been amazing. Don't sleep on the Chargers. I say don't sleep on the Chargers. The According to NFL.com, the Raiders have a 51.9% chance of winning the game. But I think the fact that it isn't at home, Austin Eckler is a pretty good, pretty talented running back. Got a good wide receiving core for the Chargers as well, starting with Mike Williams. And I love the the tight end for the Raiders. I think Darren Waller is a sleeper tight end superstar. And Hunter Renfro is a sleeper wide receiver. But I think the Chargers will get the win tonight. In SoFi Stadium. They shared a stadium with the Rams. I don't really like the sharing a stadium. Clippers did it forever. Finally decided to get their own stadium. So that's the week that was in the National Football League. Now, what we have coming up. On Tuesday and Wednesday are the AL wildcard game in Major League Baseball, Yankees at Red Sox, and the NL wildcard game uh, on Wednesday, Cardinals at Dodgers. Dodgers are the defending World Series champions, and now they're playing in the wildcard. I was really surprised... Um, that the Toronto Blue Jays didn't get in. One game. They needed to win one, well, really, two more games, and they couldn't do it. That game on Thursday against the Yankees got away from them. And they had the other chance on Tuesday against the Yankees. That's all they had to do was sweep the Yankees. Because you knew you had the Orioles next. And they won all three of those games. That's what you expected. They just couldn't beat the Yankees. 
And now the Yankees are playing in that one-game playoff game, which is going to be fun to watch. I am definitely going to be curious to see um, who's going to be pitching in those games. That's going to be a lot of fun to, to see the matchups and not just the starter, but, you know, it's one game playoff. You may see Max Scherzer coming in the, he's not starting, he's not going to be starting. You'll see him coming in the fifth or sixth inning. You never know because it's only one game and that's going to be exciting. Now, when you look at the lines for the game, of course, you can go to Props HQ to see multiple lines and Help you learn, you know, kind of make an educated guess. Again, with this one and a half runs, Dodgers are the favorite against the Cardinals on Wednesday, and the Yankees are the favorite against the Red Sox on Tuesday. This is a one-game playoff. You really don't know what's going to happen as far as pitching. As it stands, it says Garrett Cole versus Nathan Avaldi. I'm picking Garrett Cole and the Yankees to win that game. And then it says Adam Wainwright versus Max Scherzer in the Dodgers-Cardinals, which will be a great matchup. But who knows? They may only pitch four innings. Then you may see another starter or a relief pitcher come in because the best of five in the AL division starts Thursday at Tampa Bay, the White Sox had Astros on the other side of the bracket. And the NL starts Friday with the wildcard winner at the Giants and then Braves Brewers. But it should be fun. And I'm looking forward to it. And as I said, my pick is the Yankees to beat the Red Sox. Garrett Cole to get the win. Cardinals at Dodgers. I am picking the Dodgers to win that game. They're at home. The Cardinals have to travel from the Midwest to the West Coast. Time change difference maybe could affect them. That's why I'm picking the win. And this is what I like, especially when you think about the NBA season too. You know, uh, regular season baseball is good. But now you think about Monday night football on Monday. Then Tuesday, we got baseball. Wednesday, we got baseball. Then Thursday, we got football. Then Friday is a little bit of a break. Then Saturday is football. And obviously more baseball. Because obviously at that point, then we're getting into the the MLB playoffs. So yeah, you got more games, but I like these single games. That's what I'm more referring to. These big events. We had Sunday night football. Everybody look forward to this Sunday night game. Maybe everybody's not looking forward to Monday night football, but you know, it's a good matchup. Chargers Raiders. It's going to be fun. And I hope you enjoy it. I know I will. And as Dexter mentioned on ColorCast, Friday we're going to start doing a Steelers show. So look out for that as well as we preview 
the next game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which will be hosting the Denver Broncos. And we'll see how injuries are going to be playing a part in it because it definitely will. There's no doubt about that. Especially from the quarterback side. One o'clock game. All right, that'll do it for Justin Sport. Ciao for now.